This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome back to Band Biographies, a proud member of the Pantheon network of music discussion podcasts. Head over to pantheonpodcasts.com and stare in awe at the number of quality podcasts there are on the network on every possible genre of music. Then, after you're done staring, get listening. I'm Tom Austin Morgan, your host, and I'm here to let you know what's been going on since the Will Crudson interview went out, and what you can expect from the next episode. Firstly, I'd like to thank Will for his time last month, and for his speed in getting back to me. I couldn't believe how fast he agreed to come on the show, and then we were talking 24 hours later. I had a great time talking to him about his process and the various bands he's played in over the years, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what new Rachel Stamp songs would sound like. He's an absolutely amazing musician, and as you heard on the interview, a very thoughtful man and serious about what he does. But I can attest that he's an absolute beast to watch live. I wasn't lying when I said that he was the only person on stage with Adam Ant that you couldn't take your eyes off of, except maybe Adam himself. And as for Adam, what a performer. I was supposed to have seen him play back in March, which was then put back to June and then again to September, and it was totally worth the wait. He moves around the stage like no other performer I've ever seen, and to see him fully dressed up in his pomp was great. What I was surprised by is how well the early Ant stuff worked alongside his solo hits. They've all been reworked brilliantly so they gel, and as a set it was amazing to hear so many bangers, especially as he's only really known for Prince Charming and Stand and Deliver. If you've not dug into Adam and the Ants, you should do yourself a favour and check out his full back catalogue. I also created a two-part documentary, one on Adam and the Ants and another on his solo career, which is well worth listening to if I do say so myself. I had a bit more time to relax this month, and so I did. I've noticed the signs of burnout and really needed to get things balanced again. So I'm sorry I've not completed the next documentary, but there will be an episode out this month, never fear. More on that after the news. Bauhaus has cancelled the remaining dates of their North American tour. The band's press agents released a statement that read, Following a string of critically hailed reunion shows across the continents, Peter Murphy will be entering a rehabilitation facility to attend to his health and well-being. Let's hope he gets well soon. NoFX frontman Fat Mike replied to a post early in September asking why the band wasn't going to Canada. Mike replied, Actually, we love Canada. It's just that next year will be our last year. We will be announcing our final show soon. It's been an amazing run. Later, another commenter asked, Will Los Angeles be on one of those shows next year? And Mike replied, Los Angeles will be the last place we play. It's where we started and it's where we'll end. 
An official statement from NoFX is expected soon. Now personally, I'll be very sad to see them go, but over their 40 year career they've released 14 studio albums, 17 EPs and a handful of live albums and split albums with other acts. There's loads to listen to, as well as Fat Mike's Fat Mike podcast that's ongoing. So expecting a band to stick around and make music for the hell of it is a bit selfish of me I guess. One of the stupidest lawsuits of all time has hopefully come to an end. A judge ruled in federal court that Spencer Eldon, the baby pictured on the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind album, missed the statute of limitations to file a claim based on a cause of action that the image constituted child pornography. However, Eldon's attorneys say they plan to file an appeal. A guitar that has been used by various members of Bikini Kill was stolen at the beginning of September. While the guitar was at luggage return in New York's LaGuardia airport, someone picked it up and walked off with it. The band has reported this to the police but has asked people to look out for it being sold, especially in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. The guitar is a 1992 Rickenbacker 360 V64 Jet Glow black finish with a white pickguard, serial number K54220. It's missing the plastic caps from the pickup selector switch and one of the potentiometers, and there's some general wear and tear on the paintwork. It was in an RIC hardshell case that has one dented chrome foot with a recess record sticker and another saying in rice we trust. There are various worn down fragile stickers on either side of the case. There was also a pink luggage tag with the number 07 printed on one side and panache touring printed on the other. In a statement, the band's drummer Toby Vale said, The band brought this guitar new in Hollywood in 1994 and Billy played it until we broke up in 1997. A few years later it ended up in my possession and I played it in Spider and the Webs for many years and it accompanied me at solo shows for most of that time as well. In 2020 we decided to use it for the reunion tour and Kathy has played it on recordings of Hamster Baby and Tell Me So. Sarah Landau, our most recent touring guitar player, has been playing with it live with us this summer. Obviously the sentimental value is big, but mostly we just want it back because it sounds so good and feels just right. Please contact at Tabachnik if you can help. New York hardcore band Sick of It All are going on a tour of Europe in November, but not the UK, which is a shame for me, but then I should be in Europe myself in November too, so maybe we'll cross paths. They'll be supported by Siberian Meat Grinder, Svetlana's and Devil in Me. Bad Cop Bad Cop have cancelled their upcoming UK and European tour due to health concerns. The band released a statement on Instagram that read, We have laboured over this decision for months, as we have notoriously been in the line of fire when it comes to Covid and health issues. We were the ones that had to fly home two weeks early when Covid struck the world, and then again when it personally struck us this past year. To preserve our mental well-being and overall health, we have decided that this time we can't take the risk, but we will be back in 2023. Our new dates are getting booked now, so please look out for our next post all about it. Though unfortunately some dates will be cancelled altogether, so please keep your eyes open for those too so you can get a refund. Our band never wants to let anyone down. We love you all and want to get back over to your side of the world as soon as it's safe for us. We really hope you understand and we hope to see you in 2023. Thank you for your support.
Dropkick Murphys have announced three shows in Boston to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Turnpike, Troubadours, Jesse Ahern and the Rumjacks will be joining them on selected dates. Tickets are on sale now, but get in there quick because these shows are always a riot. The rest of their St. Patrick's Day tour will be announced soon, and the band has rearranged its European and UK tour for 2023, with Pennywise, the Rumjacks and Jesse Ahern supporting. Again, I'll be at the London show if anyone fancies saying hi. The next Murphy's album, This Machine Still Kills Fascists, will be released on the 30th of September. As I have listeners in Japan, here's some news for you guys. Lagwagon have announced rescheduled dates for Japan. The shows were originally supposed to be held in 2020, but due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic they will now be held in April 2023 at Sun Hall Osaka on the 11th, Club Asia in Tokyo Shibuya on the 14th and Club Seata in Tokyo Shibuya on the 15th. Previously purchased tickets are valid for the new dates. Lagwagon are currently on tour in the US. Smashing Pumpkins have announced they will be releasing a new album. It's called ATUM, a rock opera in three acts, and is a sequel to their previous albums Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness and Machina, The Machines of God. The 33 song album will be split into three acts, with Act 1 releasing on the 15th of November, Act 2 coming out on the 3rd of January 2023, and Act 3 on the 21st of April 2023. A box set will also be released on the 21st of April that will include 10 bonus tracks. The band have released their first single from Act 1 called Beguiled, which is fine. Smashing Pumpkins is never a band I really got into but you might like them. Canadian Celtic punks The Real Mackenzies will be releasing a new album called Songs of the Highlands, Songs of the Sea on the 18th of November via Fat Records and Stomp Records. The album features covers of sea shanties and traditional Scottish songs that were written by Robert Burns. A video for the song Scotland the Brave has already been released. LA hardcore band The Bronx have released a standalone single called Blowtorch just before starting a tour of North America this autumn, and it's another brilliantly swaggering slice of hardcore from The Bronx. There have been a string of new releases this month as well, both singles and albums, and I'm going to go through a few of them now. The Cult released A Cut Inside and Give Me Mercy from the forthcoming album Under the Midnight Sun. Both tracks sound like classic gothic cult from the love era, so I'm looking forward to the album coming out in full. Anti-Flag have released Imperialism featuring Ashrita Kumar of Pink Shift from their forthcoming album Lies They Tell Our Children, which is going to have guest vocals on almost all the songs by the looks of it. Imperialism has a great chant-along chorus, as you would expect from these Pennsylvanian rabble-rousers. Give it a listen. Placebo have released a standalone cover of the Tears for Fears song Shout. Now they're not the first band to cover this song, and I'm not exactly sure why it's been released, but Placebo are amazing at doing covers. They have a whole album of them from 2003 that range from a haunting version of Running Up That Hill, years before Stranger Things made it a phenomenon, to a straight-up version of Boney M's Daddy Cool. Their version of Shout is pretty straightforward, but I love the fact that Placebo does this every now and then. 
Pixies have released three songs from their upcoming album Dog Roll. These are Vault of Heaven, Dregs of the Wine and There's a Moon On and they're really bloody good as you would expect from Pixies. And in fact some sound like you've always known them. My favourite of these so far is There's a Moon On. Dropkick Murphys released the song All You Phonies off the album of Woody Guthrie covers that will be released on the 30th of September, so expect a full review of that on next month's episode. But I'm calling it now. It'll be another Dropkick Murphys album, except there'll be no Al Bar on vocals. It'll do exactly what you expect from the band, which I personally enjoy, though it does feel like they've been coasting of late. I hope for a few surprises though. Less Than Jake have released a standalone single called Empty Lines, which is another in a long line of jaunty ska punk songs from them, with incredibly complex bass lines, horns and bright shiny sing-along choruses despite it being about more negative themes. I assume it was a leftover from their 2020 album Silver Linings, as it shares artwork with that album but wasn't on the tracklist. It also comes with two acoustic numbers from the album, Dear Me and The High Cost of Living, which show that their songs can work without all the horns and high energy. And finally for the Metalheads, Disturbed released the second single from their upcoming album Divisive. The track, called Unstoppable, is yet another band sticking to a well-trodden formula. If you like Disturbed, I can't imagine you not liking this track. If you don't like Disturbed, they're certainly not going to win you over. I have a soft spot for them though because Down With The Sickness was a major staple of my days going to the local rock clubs, so I'll always give them the benefit of the doubt without expecting anything incredible from them. And now on to the album reviews. Five years after the release of their fifth album, Life Is Good, Flogging Molly are back with a brand new, aptly named album, Anthem, which was released on the 9th of September and recorded by legendary music engineer Steve Albini. The first four songs set out Flogging Molly's stall, with raucous drinking song These Times Have Got Me Drinking slash Tripping Up The Stairs opening the album, followed by a catchy number called Song of Liberty, which is actually about the struggle for Irish independence, before slowing the tempo for the more folk-influenced songs like Life Begins and Ends and No Last Goodbyes. One of the catchiest, and in my opinion best songs on the album, the Croppy Boy 98 is a truly Irish anthem, with references from the Irish folk song The Star of County Down. It builds in volume and instrumentation with each passing chorus until it ends with Dave King's vocals harmonising with Bridget Regan's fiddle. The rest of the album flits between fast-paced rollicking folk punk songs like This Road of Mine, Try to Keep the Man Down and Lead the Way, to more traditional sounding folk songs like Now Is The Time, These Are The Days and the album closer The Parting Wave, which is a heartbreaking song of lament and loss with the brilliant refrain, I was very rarely sometimes always wrong. This is easily the best Flogging Molly album for me since Within A Mile Of Home. I know folk punk isn't for everyone, but this is a genius album and one that was well worth the five year wait. Speaking of bands that are divisive but which I love, Gogol Bordello released their ninth album, Solidaritine, on the 16th of September. Ukrainian lead singer and pretty much the only founding member left, Eugene Hutz, says this is music of survival and perseverance that's always been our main driving force. We just want to give the world a timeless album with messages of human potential and power. 
Solidaritine comes out at a time when the world and its many factions are either at odds or collaborating in strangely uncomfortable ways, a pandemic, a war that tears at the heart, and global crises. Now is a time that solidarity and coming together takes on a whole new urgency. And to this end, Gogol Bordello have hit the metaphorical nail on the head with this new masterpiece of an album. As well as featuring a gypsy punk cover of Fugazi's song Blueprint, it also has a guest feature from Bad Brains' HR on the song Era of the End of Eras. This shows they're paying tribute to old school punk while bringing these same messages into a new context. Other standout performances on the album include a reworking of Forces of Victory, which originally appeared on the 2007 album Super Taranta. This time, the song is sung in Ukrainian by Hutz, as well as poet and punk rocker Serhii Zadan and ethno-synth-pop artist Kazka, who are both from the hard-fighting city of Kharkiv. The song is a message of inspiration and support to the defenders of Ukraine, whose integrity and righteous fierceness has been indisputable. Also, the song Take Only What You Can Carry hits home as to how the whims of a despot, the ravages of war, and the pure evil of terrorism can affect lives with such magnitude. This song has a place in our world today that it shouldn't have. Sadly, it does. Solidaritine is an album that transcends borders in more ways than most, being that Gogol Bordello have members from Ukraine, Russia, Colombia, the United States, and past members from China, Scotland, and various other countries. And Gogol Bordello is probably the only band in the world that could produce such an eclectic, angry, angsty, yet compassionate and loving album that states that victory will be for those that never give in. If you feel moved by this and want to show your support, you can visit gogolbordello.com and click through the Support Ukraine link to find various ways you can lend your support. This also comes off the back of a chat via DMs with the Mad Twins on Instagram the other week, who are Ukrainian artists who create art with various punk bands, including Flogging Molly, to raise money for medical volunteers in Ukraine. You can find their work on Instagram at Mad Twins Art. Check them out. This is the first time I've raised the subject on the podcast as I've not been able to think of a way to include a truly heartfelt call to arms without sounding like I'm virtue signalling or piggybacking off the horror of war. But thankfully this album and my chat with Olya have come at the same time, so here it is. Please do what you can to support the efforts of Ukrainians in their fight with that Russian lunatic. It's been going on for too long, and not just this last eight months, but all the way back to the annexation of the Crimea eight years ago. And back to the music. Billy Idol released a four-track EP called The Cage on the 23rd of September. He's joined on the album by longtime collaborator and guitarist Steve Stevens. Idol said, The last EP we were kind of warming up to this. This EP is a lot more coming at you. Loads more guitars. And that's a lot of fun. We were pretty fired up by the fact that we hadn't played for a couple of years and suddenly we were bursting on stage and it kind of woke us up to what the next EP could be, that it could be a little more strum and drang, a little more coming at you, a little more rock and roll and a little more fuck you. Well, a tiny bit of fuck you anyhow. The bottom line is we had a lot of fun doing it. And you can hear that. The opening track, Cage, is a full-on assault of noise and guitars 
where running from the ghosts starts off quiet with just piano and vocals but builds into a song of rock opera proportions with shredding guitar solos giant operatic vocal performances both from billy idol and the legions of backing singers that would make meatloaf blush i'm pretty sure there's a tolling bell in there somewhere as well rebel like you is a real stomper of a song that begins with a motorbike starting up and the final song, Miss Nobody, starts off with a funky bassline and a crooned and drawling verse which gives way to a super poppy chorus. This is great stuff and proves that all these years on from his beginnings in Generation X, Billy's still got it. You can hear a documentary I made on him if you search back through the back catalogue. That was good fun to make. Another band I've done a documentary about in the past, Buzzcocks, released Sonics in the Soul on the 23rd of September. This is the first album the group has released since becoming a three-piece after the untimely death of frontman guitarist Pete Shelley in 2018. Although there is a second guitarist, however he doesn't appear as a proper member of the band. Some thought that perhaps Steve Diggle shouldn't have kept the band going under that name bearing in mind that though Diggle wrote a few classic numbers including Autonomy and Harmony in My Head and co-wrote Promises, Shelley was the true voice of Buzzcocks. Perhaps he should have revived Flag of Convenience. I wasn't sure what to think, but I'm always one to listen first and make my mind up afterwards, which is what I've done. The album opener, Senses Out of Control, is a real earworm, even if it does have those weird oh no's in the background. But as the album goes on, you realise that Diggle is clutching at ideas and throwing a bunch of things and styles together to see what sticks. His guitar playing beers song to song from Chuck Berry or Johnny Thunders type solos to Neil Young style discordant battering to Mar Light sustain and shimmer. But his vocals on some of the tracks are the biggest hindrance to enjoying Sonics in the Soul. He seems to be going for a Bob Dylan meets Liam Gallagher nasal twang which actually ends up sounding more like Frank Sidebottom. Which is weird because he's never sounded like that before. There are some strong songs on Sonics in the Soul, but as a cohesive piece it lacks, especially when their more recent albums where Diggle was contributing more and more were just as good as their early work from Spiral Scratch to a different kind of tension. This just isn't on par with the quality of any of the albums that came before it I'm afraid. And finally, and this is shameless of me, but my first ever band, High Frequency, have re-released the album Apathyville on streaming services. It was originally recorded in 2010 and was sold as a CD at gigs in our local HMV. I've always been fiercely proud of this band, but the themes and lyrics on the album aren't really representative of who we are as people or songwriters now, though there are a couple of songs on there that we do still play, one of which, Sugar Rush, is the theme tune to this podcast, so you'll definitely have heard at least one of the songs, or part of one of the songs anyway. We're currently writing and doing home recordings of new material which we hope to release independently soon, but until then, there's Apathyville, which you can find by simply searching for the album Apathyville on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music and YouTube Music. As I said at the very beginning of this episode, I've been taking a bit of a break so as to balance the various parts of my life, so no news on that next documentary yet. However, the day after the Will Crudson interview, I chatted with one of my favourite comedians and podcasters, Rich Wilson. 
He hosts the Insane in the Membrane podcast, where he speaks to male, female and non-binary comedians about their mental health, but in a fun way. The reason I asked him to come on Band Biographies is because he often brings up his love of music, but rarely gets the chance to get into it with his guests. Luckily for me, Rich jumped at the chance, and we had a two-hour conversation, most of which was captured in the interview, but some of which wasn't, and some of which has been cut. So there will be an episode on the 1st of October, and I should be able to start recording and editing the documentary this month, which is very exciting. But until then, enjoy my chat with Rich Wilson, which will be out on the 1st of October. Get in touch with me on social media and visit the Facebook page to find the link to my merch site, as well as going to Apple Podcasts and leaving those five-star ratings, and perhaps even leave a review for me to read out on the next episode. Till next time, take good care. See you in the pit.